When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a Libations Friday, loosey-goosey edition of the Jeff Cameron Show. Always fun on Fridays. Mom will be along in hour number two, along with Red Zone from our friends at Artisan Financial Services. Good times, good times. I'm Jeff, that is Tom, there's Director Matthew on Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. And it's good uh, to be here. Welcome in, everybody. Gather around. Let's have a good time. Let's uh, let's keep it light. It's Friday, right? Feeling pretty good about things. Hey, hey, you know, I'm going to get it out of the way right out the bat here, Tom. I did some surveying of the landscape, and I've got bets. I got bets, and I keep forgetting to give them out. And so I didn't want to. I didn't want to fail the people here today. I um, this this opening segment, or maybe second segment, I'll get those bets out there. I have uh, got some player props again. Feeling good about it for the games on Sunday. Two, two, maybe three that I'm going to go with here. It's uh, good times. I think they put the numbers in a perfect spot. Let me ask a question then: mm-hmm. Is George Kittle yeah. one of those player props? Yeah, he is. He is. Um, yeah, I actually, it's kind of funny you bring that up. I like him on the over for receiving yards. I also like uh, a couple of uh, combination type things here where you do uh, rushing and receiving yards type bets and the players stand out to me there. So should be should be a lot of fun. And then I've actually am going to get down on the number itself and uh, and also maybe even um, both um, both totals. I got Tom, I got more than I thought, buddy. I got more than I thought just now. It sounds like maybe you could do a round-robin parlay and get really crazy on this thing. If you wanted to, but, of course, Vegas loves it when you do parlays because they steal your money. That's what they do with the parlay. You do realize soon enough we will be able to do – we'll welcome back into our lives. Not that they ever leave our lives. I mean, our friends at Bear No Heating and Air Conditioning do a great job year-round. doesn't matter if it's cold or it's hot. They got you covered. Make sure you go to Bear No if you need your uh, air conditioning or your heating unit uh, fixed. You got to do it. You got to do it. You know know what uh, Bear No doesn't do? They don't do drain fields, Tom. I need a new drain field. Can you believe it? I just want to throw something against the wall. 
Yeah, yeah, the old drain field. Uh, ours had to be cleared at one point above our garage, and they were fantastic in terms of the response time. Thankfully, it was just cleared and not replaced. I think I got to do a full-on replacement, so you're going to just get uh, wear a beating when you do that. Hey, that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about Jeff's drain field, although it can come up on a Friday. And I am a little frustrated by the drain field. It, uh, it keeps you in limbo when it's not working. You're like, well... Am I going to have a problem this weekend? Going to make it through the weekend? Hope it doesn't rain. Then the drain field really gives you a problem. That's the way it works for us. Uh, no, do you know what you got tomorrow? Got FSU basketball. Let's get to this in the outset here because I contend that this is a make or break as it pertains to the NCAA March Madness free-for-all, the tournament that you want to go to. Not the ding-ding but the chew effing chew. And, you know, right now we're mired right here. That's where we are. But if you want to get to the chew, uh, you kind of have to win this one. Florida State is 12-7. and seven. They're 6-2 and two in the ACC, which is nice, which is nice. The 12-7, and seven, not so much. The 6-2, and two, yes, very nice, very nice. A, a pleasant surprise, if you will. North Carolina, meanwhile, is a robust 16-3 and three and Eight and zero in the ACC, and you do not, North Carolina, just stroll on into the TLC Double C and expect to walk away with victory. That's not how this works. Lots of people, better than you, have walked in here thinking they were going to get a win, but when the magic is right, it's tough. When the magic is right, the TLC Double C provides an extra something, a little giddy up, a little what for for the afternoon. That kind of turns things, obviously, in Florida State's favor. And they find ways to tree, play above their heads. North Carolina leads the all-time series in embarrassing fashion. Now, we understand why, and we get our role in the world of college basketball. But just so you know, it is hideous. 54-16, and 16, Tom. Did you know that? North Carolina I mean- owns the series 54-16? to 16? I knew for this particular head-to-head matchup, it's crazy. It's crazy like that because even some of our best teams, when the TLC double C was coming apart at the seams, got heartbroken. I recall oh, the runner Michael, from three, <laughs> uh, the runner from three, where there was a turnover by my man Derwin, yep. which was which mm. was a tough. One. And the turnover's not so bad, but then you fouled him after that situation. Just let it, the clear lay-in is fine. You can't lose at that point on on a three-quarter court jumper yeah but then there was the uh it was harrison barnes over michael snare i believe it was about 30 feet away snare extended he blamed himself for not extending out far enough but i mean this was before steph curry was doing his thing you you don't go that far out this was the kid from miami that shot it from the watsco logos thinks this is a really really long shot and i remember that one getting buried in our face with about five seconds to go just you don't beat them up there very often, if ever, either. So you've got that David Estolke's game, and that's about – oh, and the TV Teddy game, and that's about it. Yeah, um, Byron Wells. There's a couple, but uh, that's before your time. No, it, yeah. it hurts, buddy. It hurts. Uh, it's It's been a series that uh, I'd like to forget, and, you know, I get it. I mean, they're, they're, they're a blue-blooded basketball. We are not. And so I would expect it to be lopsided against Duke and North Carolina all time, but 54 to 16. Sweet Jesus. I mean, I think I'm naming like the only times. I think I'm naming the only times it's happened that I can remember. The other one is the semifinal in the 2012 ACC tournament when we beat them on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, like, yeah. I, 
you can only count it on about one hand in the last 15 years. Harrison Barnes, by the way, in the NBA, back-to-back out of nowhere, 30-point games, starting to play, starting to play a little bit. No, by the way, um, you got me thinking about our friend David Estolkis, who's uh, out there with uh, Luke Laux and, and, and hanging out. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe someday they make a glorious return to Tallahassee. We'll never know. I, I still am in touch with Luke and uh, – you know, I'm happy for him and his NBA career success as a coach, uh, doing well. I, it's doubtful, everybody. 54 and 16 all-time series and ACC play. I guess it's a little bit more palatable. Uh, 44 and 15. Uh, FSU, however, here you go. FSU has won three of the previous four home game against the Tar Heels at the TLC Double C dating back to 2018. So in the last six years, you know, when we play here, we've been all right. Uh, you go back on December the 2nd, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we had, Tom, as I recall, a 45-31 to 31 lead in the second half. It felt like it was going to be a thing. There was 17 minutes to play, and we were running away with it. I can remember it like it was yesterday because we were prepping for the pregame show, and I was going to link up with you, and I walked past the television, and I went, sweet Jesus, and I yelled out to Aslan, and I said, hey, buddy, the Knolls are up big on the heels, and we all kind of, what, what, yeah, check it out. Did I cause this? Did I cause the problem? I don't know. Because it turned out to be fool's gold. Uh, we did still have a lead le- with 10 minutes to play, uh, 56 to 48. But at that time, as it shrunk, you felt it. You felt it. You felt the, the pucker factor begin to, to happen. They, they, they went full court on us pressure-wise. And we also just stopped making a gazillion threes because we were – we were really good from uh, the three-point line uh, late, uh, you know, throughout that game. And then they got hot, and then that was goodnight, Irene. Eight weeks later, these two teams meet again. And North Carolina lost consecutive neutral side games after the game against us. They lost to UConn and Kentucky. They gave up a gazillion points, nearly 90 in both games. And then something happened. They decided they were going to D up. And they started playing very good defense, and they haven't looked back. They've been a really good basketball team, as in a team that could win the national championship good basketball team. And they don't have the disadvantage uh, that a lot of teams do when facing Florida State in terms of numbers. They, they do rotate. They play 10, 11 guys, Tom. So we're not going to wear them down. Now, we got healthy, and the irony is we got healthy after losing Cameron Fletcher in that game, a season-ending injury. Now, though, we have a 12-man rotation, and remember, Tom, at that time, we didn't have Primo Spears, and we could not handle uh, the pressure that they were giving us. I think Primo can handle that. At the end-of-game possessions, when you have a true point guard, it's necessary to have a guy that can keep you from getting sloppy late. And, um, you know, I think the recipe uh, will have to be a little different here because I don't think we're going to make 12 threes like we did on the road against North Carolina. And uh, one of the reasons I don't think that is because we don't normally make threes. That was clearly uh, fool's gold, as I said. And then the other part of it is that North Carolina got tired of giving up threes, so they decided to change the way they play defense, and they've been holding their opponents to 22%, 22% from three in ACC games, Tom. So it's a different kind of looking game, but it's not one 
we can't win in that place given the, the, the weightiness of that advantage that I talk about when the place is rocking. And I think it might be tomorrow. So first of all, my apologies, Florida State basketball. We won three out of the last four at home. It doesn't feel like it. A TV Teddy game was one of those, but um, that's a surprising number. Let's make it four out of five. If we're going to do it, you're right. The game has to look a lot different because even if you look at the halftime box, uh, which which I did this morning, we're 7 of 14 from three yeah. in the first yeah, half. Yeah, we made everything. Yeah. They're, they're still out-rebounding us, outscoring us in the paint, certainly shooting more free throws than we did. That day, it was 31 to 8. 31 to 8 was the advantage in terms of free throws. And if you look at the box score, it says 19 to 13 in terms of fouls. They racked up a bunch towards the end to make it look more respectable. That was one of those tobacco road whistles, in addition to the fact that we helped by collapsing ourselves. So it was, it was, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, let's make sure we do both here. You're right. It was a little bizarre there, but we shot a lot of threes. We made a lot too. Yeah, I think yeah. out of our first 17 or 18, we might have made 50%. Like it yeah. was into the second half that those threes kept going down. Yeah, the path to victory is very different tomorrow. You got to get to the line in a more equitable fashion to North Carolina. It can't be minus 23 in terms of free throw attempts. There's no way that you keep it within single digits if that's the case this time around. You certainly didn't last time. And then the other is since that game, they've had they had a blown lead before that and a, a couple more since then, but they found a way after coughing up an eight-point lead or an 11-point advantage. 13-point lead, yeah. You're right, to bounce back and finish the game and win. So th- this was also, this was a bit of a different team and a different animal at that time. The, I don't know that this is it. I don't know that all the eggs are in this basket to make the, the tournament, but it would put you almost on schedule if you did. Almost choo-choo worthy if you did by itself. Yeah, people are going to get mad. I want to get out in front of this. Let me tell you something, folks. The... I, I, I've been wrestling with this, not in the same way that I wrestle with the Cat 5 maintains. They're very rarely Cat 5 maintains in a basketball. How many, at basketball game, how many uh, tailgating moments have you had at the TLC double C? Like where you actually went and tailgated, either as a student or post graduation, as a, you know, I don't even recall. I don't think once in our relationship, in our working relationship, our friend relationship, I don't think one time have I met you over at the TLC double C to have fun out in the parking lot, drinking and cooking and doing all the things that you do with a tailgate. No, not even um, the Reddick game in 06, which I was uh, on the court for a couple of times. I had a, a psych exam that afternoon. So I had to run. Now somebody chucked me a beer or two as I was running, but I was chugging. I wasn't, yeah. I didn't have tailgate yeah. time. I got right in line because it was first come first serve. So the student line was massive. You can't drink on the plaza there. No, uh, but I, 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 do. I, I have many times though. As a freshman, I certainly probably shouldn't have anyway. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we convene more in college town or we convene maybe more at a local bar than oh, we do. Oh, we're more sophisticated, but I'm not even talking about the sophistication aspect of this. I'm talking about like just the enthusiasm surrounding a game of this magnitude to where you feel compelled to meet people in the parking lot by their car and they open up the back hatch and they got a cooler. You know, like that hasn't happened really. And I mean, we just it's not our thing around here it's just not what we've done it's not a great place to do it either it's it's not i mean you're not looking at anything like look at the blinding beauty of the civic center you know you don't you don't have that no i mean like r.i.p the deck that was the perfect way to enjoy the game because you walk down the hill to the game too you could just roll on down the hill if you need to r.i.p the deck it lasted a week i i loved the deck but then it was gone i was like i love this you're closing that's how that happened 
we did four, I think, uh, events there before the games, and they were all fantastic. Uh, but you're right. You know, I, blame setting, but- I blame Rob. I blame Rob. And I'm, I'm Rob, if you're listening, get it together. Reopen the deck. Get your life in order. All right. Sorry. But if it's a Tuesday versus Gulf Coast for baseball, you bet your ass I'm under the oaks and I'm drinking. It's just it's about the setting. It yeah. is about the setting. Hey, you know we've got a uh, we've got an interview with Link Jarrett scheduled in the in the not too distant future, but in the future here. And I don't want to jinx any of that. But I started thinking of I started kicking it around in my mind uh, a little Florida State baseball uh, over the weekend this past weekend, and again this week you and I talked about it. I have to go over there and uh, hang out and uh, talk to Link about the prospects. Can't be a worse season. He's got to be relieved, right? He knows they can't be as bad as they were a year ago. Sweet Jesus. That was like going, you know, like that's volunteering to go and get kicked in the teeth. That was, it was every time you went over there, like, all right, walking into the dick. Here we go. And you sat down and then bam, look at this. It's eight to nothing in the second. We still can't pitch, and I knew that before I sat down, but somehow I am aggrieved by this. <laughs> There's another double in the alley. Sweet Jesus. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Hey, you! Do you remember me? I used to sit next to you at school. Jeff Cameron Show on Elimations Friday. Good to be along. Glad to have you here. 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV where you can locate us. Also the podcast and all the good stuff. So there's plenty of that. I think uh, next week perhaps is my week to uh, 
answer questions on warchant.com. I think that's right. I don't remember. Tom, is that right? That's what I'm answering questions over there in the in the uh, the renegade room. That's yeah, correct. I think that's right. I knew that was coming. So if, if you are warchant gold, head on over to the renegade room. We got a three o'clock deadline to ask the questions, and then we'll have a video for you. Very good. Very good. Look forward to it. Um, you know what I realized? Raheem Morris got the Falcons job, and Falcons fans just must be elated. <laughs> and, you know, I was talking with a friend who's a Bucks fan, uh, Tom, and we thought uh, together, how awful, like, Raheem Morris getting the job in Atlanta made me think along, and he brought this up, how bad was Greg Schiano in the NFL that he has never gotten another opportunity? Like they, because Raheem Morris just got hired, and we know how that went. And Greg Schiano can't get a look. He, I mean, everybody thinks schematically he's solid, uh, but he must have just been like the biggest ass of all time that nobody gives him. Well, the Raheem, well, you remember the 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 uh, situation, how ugly it was uh, with the Freeman situation. Yeah, I think that's you think the mishandling of that. There was that, but then also he was spying on his players in the locker room. Oh, like, that's that right. Counts. That's right. That's I forgot. I knew there had to be something I was forgetting. Isn't he also the one? I mean, I know what he's done at Rutgers, but isn't he also the one who was he was hired by Belichick and didn't he walk in right at the start of a season and do some finding God nonsense thing and quit? That might have been him. I feel um, like that was him. Look that up, Matthew, if you would. See if if it was Shiano who out of nowhere did the, hey, I, I got to go, me and God have a meeting or something, some weird sort of, I'm, my life is in complete disarray. Yeah, uh, it was him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you have the spying on the players, the wackadoo meeting. That's had to be what it was. Well, and then they turned the plane around as it was on its way to Knoxville. But that one actually is crazy. That was the fans influencing the administration. The, the pushback yeah. against him was huge. I would say he's been a successful college coach. So – I don't know that that would have been a bad hire. He might have done a good job at Tennessee. Right. The thing about Raheem Morris, I mean, like, look, it was never going to work in Tampa Bay because they brought in a defensive coordinator that didn't believe the same things he believed, and he had a defensive background. Yeah. So it made no sense. You're going to elevate a defensive backs coach to head coach, and he believes in the Tampa two, and you're going to bring in a man-contained defensive coordinator, and it's not his choice. Like, So he might have been bad independent of it and probably was, but I mean, could you imagine that if Nick Saban wanted to run pattern matching and Alabama had decided to bring in a defensive coordinator? Didn't who, like, Mark, Stoops, <laughs> like, Mark Stoops is going to be your defensive coordinator. Like right. That doesn't make any sense at all. He was decorated as a, as a position coach and a coordinator. Yeah. Uh, he, he did coach uh, wide receivers out, I think, for Atlanta under um, Shanahan, and people liked him there. So – I think it's worth giving that dude a second chance. Uh, and that's, I'm not trying to troll Atlanta fans either because it could, I mean, maybe it blows up in your face, but that dude paid his dues after a, a, a situation that was riddled with dysfunction in Tampa Bay. Yeah, the whole so thing was, was his, he was also very, very young. I don't think he was ready for that opportunity. He yeah, he was very, very young. No, I, I'm just laughing because lots of people get second and third opportunities in the NFL. My point was that Shiano doesn't. So it's more like, really? That guy must have been the worst behind the scenes. And clearly, you're able to name specific things like spying on your players. 
I mean, yeah, he there was either like a network of of players that he had that were narcs or there were listening devices. It was something absurd like that. And then, to, yeah, to your point about Raheem, when he took over as a head coach, he was 32. Yeah, he was really young. Yeah, yeah. He was and young. the word was he wanted to hang out with the players in the week like that. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that, have man. That. Can't have that. By the way, I, I see in here, David, I mean, if, if you're a Falcons fan, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't have hired Belichick either, though. You know, that if you read, I have a feeling that's going to come out in the wash. Uh, that sounds like a really dysfunctional situation there where he wanted to bring, I mean, he wanted to bring uh, Matt Patricia back into the fold here. He wanted to bring the, he wanted to get the gang back together again. What's his face is the OC and, and Patricia is the, no man, no, we're not doing this. You're talking McDaniels. Yeah. Yeah. Josh McDaniels and him. And uh, yeah, no, 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 no. That's the thing is like, well, you know, David, maybe the Falcons aren't well run and I hope they're not for in perpetuity, whether Arthur Blank is alive, dead or otherwise. But like every other franchise passed on Bill Belichick. It wasn't just Atlanta. They were the only ones that even interviewed him. Nobody else decided it was worth an interview of Bill. He's 72. And I'm not telling you he wasn't once an incredible all time great, maybe the best coach in the NFL. I'm not saying that. I am saying time's up eventually. At some point, time's up. He basically, and I'm not saying, hey, look, you see what happens? It was all Brady. No, when Brady first got there, they were winning with defense, and he's a defensive mind, and it was all the defense dominating. Everybody mistakes the Tom Brady that retired with all of those rings and the player that he was in the second half of his seat of his career. They mistake that for being who he always was. He wasn't. They used to beat people 20 to 17, 20 to 16. They were defensive minded games. He just didn't make mistakes. And he got better and better and better and better over time and became the GOAT. That's fine. But he wasn't always that. He wasn't ready made when he came into the league like that. So Belichick gets a ton of credit. But at some point, when you're 72 years old and post Brady, you've watched him butcher that roster offensively. Like, I'm not telling you Mac Jones was going to be good. But Mac Jones came out and looked good early and has subsequently become unplayable, awful. Zappy is starting in front of him. You knew then that they had made a mess of a situation. Well, sorry, I believe we call him old Zippy on the show. I believe that that's his name. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the thing. Like, so you can look at, you know, Brady's numbers in the first game against the Rams. He doesn't even throw for 200 yards. No, in that no, game. no. He's, they're, yeah. they're protecting him. It's it's a defensive masterclass. And he's got a couple of more in that first little dynasty run. Not to mention when they beat the Rams 13 to three. Yeah. Did oh, we yeah. forget about that? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. That happened like five years ago. That was also was a tragic Super Bowl. That was the worst Super Bowl ever put together. That, that was hor- horrible. You, it was unwatchable. It was unwatchable, but it was God's gift to offense, Sean McVay, being held to three points. I, I think Belichick probably gets more credit than Brady for that particular Super Bowl. Just me, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is interesting. And unlike a lot of guys, you kind of can't picture Belichick in the booth. <laughs> a lot of guys have an avenue. They have a way to go. They, there's, there's, an, there's an out. Like, we want to hear from Nick Saban. Like, I want to hear Nick Saban breaking down games. I want him to be in the film room. I want him to be on, you know, like I want to see that happen. And I don't really care to hear from Bill Belichick. Now, I read Halberstam's book on Belichick, Education of a Coach, and it was awesome. And in that book, you really do see how a lifetime of being in football, his dad was a scout for Navy. And as a kid, he would go along and watch his dad scout. It's cool. I mean, like it's cool how you see, like at 13 years old, uh, 
out at San Francisco, Walsh like recognized the kid knew stuff, you know, like really, really was good, you know? And so it's like, that's all there. It's all part of his legacy. It's just, he, God, man, it would it kill you to have a little something to you when you say something like you care. Yeah. It doesn't I have still... to be monotone. I like, just come on, man. Show me a little something. Well, he's got the personality behind the scenes. I think if he were to allow that to rise to the surface for a show with Nick, I mean, you can have the Mannings all you want. I will take oh, I agree Saban, with you. Belichick and Saban on a couch at a bar. Give Bill a beer while he's doing this particular work, and they're breaking down stuff on the fly. If the Mannings want to have pop culture people on, they can do that. But this is for the diehards. You know, you really want to know about tendencies and football and keys. Correct, correct. Oh, man, I would pay. I would pay real monthly figures for college or pro if you could have an alternate broadcast of those two just talking. I would, I would too, and I do like any coach. Like, listen, we can say what we want about Jimbo, but I have said many times that I thoroughly – when Jimbo and I would talk football and he would – Every now and again, like this is one of the coolest things about my job, and I've had these moments with certain coaches in different sports, uh, players sometimes, but it's pretty rare, um, partly because the nature of the relationship is, is it can be not necessarily adversarial, but both have to keep a distance because at some point I'm going to have to criticize a coach or a player and you know, in the manner that I do, <laughs> and other times – you know, they're, they're going to have to answer questions. You know, just everybody keeps each other at arm's length in a way. And that's fine, um, even though you're trying to be professional and, and, and establish a rapport. But I interviewed Jimbo for so long, for so many years, from when he was just an OC, then a head coach in waiting, then the head coach and all of that, that eventually we got to where we could just talk. Like, we just have conversations on Sunday evenings. And sometimes they would just be about football. It wouldn't be about, well, you said this and you did this in the game or whatever. It was just we were just talking ball. And I cherish those moments because that guy, that version of that guy who you recently saw on, I guess it was Pardon My Take or whatever it was, that guy should make a lot of money analyzing football because he's really good at it. He's remarkable. And to have him sit there and kind of talk and have fun and be light and, and not think the world is against him and not constantly looking over his shoulder and kind of wanting to, you know, scream people down but rather just talk ball because that's his whole life that guy should get hired and let him do it because you and I would watch that all day he's awesome at it he is but that's funny so you saw that interview I watched it start to finish I wondered if that was ever going to make it on this show in terms of discussion but did you notice that Jimbo is convinced that he should be the commissioner of college football, the first commissioner of the college football. Because they, they asked him, what do you think about the commissioner? What should, oh, I don't know. Maybe some kind of coach, former coach. I yeah, think coach <laughs> yeah he right. started angling for it right <laughs> off the bat. No, he really a guy is. that's it's won a championship, but it's also been around a little bit, you know, who's seen Somebody some things. Been, he's seen all the different levels. Maybe you know, played the game at a lower level, but was very good at it when he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He believes he should be the commissioner of college football. I, I've learned that 100%. Yeah, he. so he – but when he's just talking ball, it is phenomenal. I remember he would get in these modes where I would ask him questions, and he's like, well, you, you know, you, you were there in Johnson City. You know how tough it is at Appalachian State. And then we would just start talking about like this, 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 and this. But speaking of which, you know that at Appy State, they did – and then he would just go into this – 
diatribe about something that they did first or uh, an element of their offense that he really likes. And then he would circle back around to an old high school coach that he had, and he would talk about what he learned about throwing the football. And that stuff, that's what he should do. He's got more money than he will ever spend. Somebody should hire him to do, like, if he could be responsible and if he wanted to do it, and you got to get him to cut down on the non-sequiturs, if you could get him to sit down and just kind of be like, hey, listen, this is going to be 30 minutes twice a week, this podcast, you're breaking down the games. Talk about the elements of this team's offense and defense and the things. That's it. Well, because you could not do a watch along with him. I know he's done the film room before. Mm-hmm. You know, Remember that one time they yeah. did the entire Texas A&M staff? What the hell was that? Yeah. That was uh, weird. That was that was Rinaldi Urban Meyer level uncomfortable. You're like, ooh, what's going on behind the scenes here? But he could not do a watch along because he'd be talking about how Army influenced the game in 1941, you know, and they had to stop because of World War II, of course. But Army had such an influence on the game, guys, guys. And they're saying, Coach, third and seven. Hang on, there's another play. Jimbo, wait one minute, one minute. He. He gets sidetracked and he goes down rabbit holes and you would need a strong host to be like, hey, man, we're not doing that. Let's get it back over here. Let's get it back between the lanes. Jimbo, yeah, Auburn has first and 10 now. When you started this point, it was it was second and eight on the previous series of downs. So yeah. uh, and they were also on their own 17. They're now at midfield. I'm going to need you to start <laughs> acknowledging that the situation has changed here. Yeah, it, it would be good. They did. They did. How they do it? How they, I didn't see. I didn't see it. Probably a mesh concept. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. What's good, everybody? It's T. Lizzie here, and I'm talking about HelloFresh. Can you believe it? I'm doing myself a little pod read here for our friends at HelloFresh. They're supporting both Jeff and I here on the podcast, and they want us to let you know about what it is they do and why they can help you with a New Year's resolution. If it's to save money, to eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do any or all three. Just say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price that you'll like, delivered right to your door. Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm-fresh ingredients, and everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. So here's the cool thing. I have not tried HelloFresh yet, but the box has arrived at my house today. I've got three outstanding meals. I chose the plan of meat and veggies. I'm going with the basics here because I'm kind of a picky eater, so they can work around my pickiness and the three meals that we're going to be cooking up at my house are sweet chili pork and cabbage stir fry all right sweet and spicy apricot chicken and pecan crusted salmon very excited to try this out they've got easy sheets little placards that come with the menus they show you how much time it takes to prep how much time it takes to cook and the calories involved with each one of the meals so simple and I can't wait to give it a shot. If you want to experience what we're about to experience, go to HelloFresh.com slash Cameron Free and use code Cameron Free for free breakfast for life. That's right. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That is free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Cameron Free with code Cameron Free. Okay, so you got to go to the website, HelloFresh.com slash C-A-M-E-R-O-N-F-R-E-E and then type in that same code at checkout. I'm about to find out, you should find out too, why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. 
So those wagers that I mentioned, I do need to get to them because I did what I thought I would do, which is forget. And that number may move, especially because, you know, when your boy hits these numbers and, and gives, gives these out, it just changes the line. It can change the line, guys. So we got to get on it really quickly. So I started with both these games. And uh, obviously, I'm actually very excited to see both games. And I'm trying to figure out, I'll ask this to the audience and I'll ask this to you, Tom. Do you think, so Kansas City, in the last three games that they've played, have gone to more up-tempo and they're up to six and a half yards per play since making changes at the end of the regular season to the offense. They were tired of the offense kind of being uh, slack. And so they, their idea was to just run more plays and, and play at a faster pace. The six and a half yards per play over the last three games that they've played, by the way, those games, the one regular season game against Cincinnati, another one against Miami in the playoffs, obviously, and then Buffalo. Now, Miami and Buffalo both injury riddled on defense, uh, down personnel. So I think the question here is, Kansas City that now, are they this team that averages 6.5 yards per play? By the way, if they are, that would put them at number two in the entire NFL in terms of yards per play, like if that's now what they are. If you think it's the byproduct of the schedule and that you had a playing-for-nothing Cincinnati team, a Miami team playing in zero-degree weather with half their defense injured, and then Buffalo decimated by injury without any of their front four, half their secondary out, if you think it's that, then it's an easy bet on the number for Baltimore, who's been an unbelievable football team. When you look at their double-digit wins against teams with a 500 or better record, the margin of victory against teams that have 10 or more wins. Like, they have – they have. think about what Baltimore did to Detroit. Think about what Baltimore did to several really good teams this year. Just dismantled them. So if you think that's the real Baltimore and that you're getting something weird with Kansas City that's skewed because of the last few games, then you lay the four without a problem. But here's the problem, because as soon as you say, okay, yeah, I think it is. I think I got it. I think I'm going to lay the four with Baltimore, and then it occurs to you that you just laid the four – against Patrick Mahomes. And it's hard to lay four when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side. Yeah, I think if you look at the running game and the touches they've given to Pacheco, it's been pretty consistent throughout the season. There might be some more targets for him, uh, but the the amount of carries they're giving him has been consistent. He's been a little bit more productive. Uh, the Kelsey targets have been pretty much the same. The one big difference is Rashi Rice. And he catches the ball now. He catches the ball, but again, in the back in the back half of the season, he was three targets, five targets, six, four, three. And then the second half, so the first half, that was what it was. It's 10, 12, 9, 12, 10. And I, I don't think it's an uh I don't think it's a coincidence that Kelsey goes off a little bit more last week because Rice has to be accounted for. He was a monster in the Miami game which shows that it's not only a regular season thing or you're catching teams mm-hmm. on a bad week. Mm-hmm. When, it's all, when it all counts, he can make plays. 
He only saw four targets last week, and Kelsey went off. That tells me that Buffalo schemed to stop Rice a little bit more and said, prove it to Kelsey because they think he's aging, and then he was able to do so. So I think that element of a reliable outside receiver, which they had been searching for and desperate for all season long, has developed, which has allowed the offense to have a little bit more balance, and you got to play him more honest, which puts Kelsey in good situations. Now, does that mean a hill of beans for them playing Baltimore if Baltimore's playing well? I, I don't know. All I'm saying is that the offense is more balanced, and I think it's because they found themselves a true wide receiver for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it'll be interesting because we know Buffalo's defense was decimated and a far cry from what Baltimore's defense is going to be. Baltimore's defense is very good, and when they bother and care, and they will care, uh, then they are, they, you know, you have the best safety in the league. He's become that guy. And we knew it because we watched him make an interception against Florida State at night at, at Doe Campbell that we went, what the hell is that? It was not a bad throw. It was a little late, but it was not a bad throw. And that dude, Hamilton, comes across from, like, the other sideline to make that catch. I was in awe. That night, that's what I learned. We left there, and everybody had theories about what this team is and what that team is. I said, what I know is that dude's the best player on the field. That guy right there is going to the league, and he is a beast, and that's what he's been. And the numbers bear that out if you look at all the metrics. In coverage as a safety, he's the best in the league. It's, like, not even close. Well, He's scared. I mean, Jordan played that moment perfectly, you know, in, in order to draw the defender to open up the shot. But this is what Baltimore tends to do over a period of time. You know, uh, we, we've seen this for since it was Newsom as the general manager and, and so forth. They tend to draft badasses. They tend to consistently do that every time we get together, which is every year for the first round of the NFL draft. Usually when they pick a guy, we go, damn it. They nailed another one, and I think they they obviously nailed it with Hamilton, but then Zay Flowers has been an excellent pickup for them as well, and we saw him in the ACC. We knew that he would be a good oh, one-on-one awesome. receiver. Yeah. And, and if they get Andrews back this weekend, then, I mean, which they're supposed to, and that makes that offense even more balanced. So it's a, it's a tough game to pick. All right, well, I'm taking the Ravens, and I laid the four. I'm going to give you the other player prop that I like, and you can do something with this and have fun with it and do it the way you want to do it because I like him in two ways, and I'm going to combine it. I'm going to actually bet on three. So here you go. Justice Hill uh, for Baltimore, rush yards plus receiving yards over 48.5. I hit the over on that. They're giving him more looks. Also, I hit the over on Justice Hill, 33 yards rushing. I'm going over on that. Uh, I like him a lot this week. And now we go to the Lions in San Francisco. Okay, the way to attack the, the numbers or the player props here is to look at Goff. The Lions offense for Jared Goff, when he's indoors and on turf, he's the sixth best passer in the league. Sixth best passer rating in his career. He's really good indoors, on turf. He is always good. Outdoor on grass, he's 20th. He is 20th outdoor on grass. Now, that's quite the discrepancy. It's a, a large sample size that you go from 6th to 20th. Uh, I don't think weather is going to be an issue here, but that is interesting to me, that discrepancy. So if you want to do something with his attempts or passing yards or completions, go dive into that if you want. I just thought it was worth circling there. Uh, I, I, I want to see this game be close because I'm a neutral fan in this game. I don't care. I want to see a great game. And this is the time of year, if your team's not in it, unless you have 
like an arch rival that you have disdain for or somebody in particular you don't like, you can just sit back and watch these two games and say, all right, give me great football. Give me something that comes down to the fourth quarter. Give me a reason to still be here late into the evening on Sunday watching a nail-biter. That's what I want to see. And I have two really extreme ways of viewing this game. That Niners defense was terrible. Uh, against Green Bay for much of the game, and six of the first seven possessions for Green Bay end up in the red zone, and if they had done more with those, they would have won the game, and we'd be talking about what is wrong with Shanahan at this level because he's too good of a coach to have this happen. Uh, But they did find a way uh, to win the game late, and I don't know if they exhale now and say, okay, we got that behind us. Let's wake up, wake up, and dominate a beat-up offensive line for Detroit. If they do, it gets away from Detroit. This becomes one-sided. I don't think Detroit's defense is getting stops against San Francisco. So I will I will take San Francisco, and I will lay the seven. I don't like laying seven in playoff games. But there is another way to look at it, and that is that Detroit is well-coached, and if they can get out to a good start, and who knows, the San Francisco, whose defense hasn't played well as of late, do they have a here-we-go kind of moment? The pressure is more on San Francisco. The pressure's on San Francisco. It's about Detroit's defense being opportunistic. Brock Purdy's going to give you a chance early in this game to take the ball away and maybe have a short field. The thing about the Green Bay game is the tone was set early on. You know, I, I remember because I was doing some stuff for fantasy, but that is Aaron Jones really worth the amount that you would pay for him in, say, a DraftKings? Because this defense is really, really good. And then he came out and he moved the pile. They moved the pile in general. What's interesting is the, the Lions are a better running team than Green Bay over the 17-game season. Yeah. But when you, but you've got the banged-up offensive line. So it's just really hard to sort all those things out. I think Detroit's path is not through golf, but if they can get Montgomery and Gibbs going, then maybe you got yourself a, a battle on your hands. But that's a hard sell for me. The one thing is you're correct on the weather. There's a little bit of rain in the AFC Championship game, not yeah. much wind, and then it's calm for the NFC it's Championship It's perfect game. in San Francisco, which if so, you're a Niners fan, you're happy about because your boy can't throw in the rain. That is correct. And so if you're looking for yardage and points, both of those bets are live. There's not going to be some weirdness of below zero or 30-mile-an-hour wins. This is very much an, an even fight with the book. Yeah, there, I danced around with some numbers today on attempts for both quarterbacks. I kind of I, – I couldn't, I couldn't drill down and get something that jumped out to me and where I felt like, okay, you know, I, I love this. Um, but that's why I ended up back on the number – and I, you could just think that maybe the Lions are a year early here, you know, a year early. So we'll see if um, we get lucky as fans. That's all I care about. Do we get lucky enough to sit back and say, all right, I've got great games, both of them. Really well managed by Detroit to trade Hawkinson, though, wasn't it? Laporta's a player. Like, that's just, that is a different type of dude. If they're going to win, that dude's going to go off. And he might very well do that. The um, the dominant tight end, which has emerged over the last however many years with offenses being run the way they are, I mean, you see it all the time with these teams that end up winning the Super Bowl. There's usually a dominant tight end. You don't have the sort of run-of-the-mill guy. So on the back end of this conversation, I ask you, is Kate Otten emerging as a future star at the position, or do the Bucks need to keep mining for that tight end? Uh, you're a fan of Kate Otten. Is that right? 
he drops too many passes, as do most Bucks receivers. But yes, I was just I was just wondering because that oh that he drops a lot of balls now. Yeah, he yeah. will drop he'll drop some passes now. There you go. Yeah, drop passes. I think I like that terminology phrasing better. Uh, he is um, he's a nice player. I, he's not Laporta. He's not Dalton Kincaid. He's 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 a nice player. I think that. Bucks fans think he's a lot better than he really is. Well, I just think that, you know, when you drafted him, it wasn't like you thought you were getting uh, a superstar, and he's a better player than what you thought you were drafting. So that's why you get excited because he's plus, he's more plus than you thought he was going to be. If he catches the ball with any consistency, he could be very, very good. Yes. I mean, there, no, there's no doubt about that. And, and at that point, he can be an 8-10 to 10 target a game player. I don't know how the Bucks' offense is going to look next year is is really fascinating to me because I wonder if the Canales hire in Carolina means that maybe Baker might follow him oh, to Carolina, but, I, but I, you'd be giving up on Bryce Young in year two. I don't know that he can do that. So well, it's, it's I don't think there's no chance ownership is going to let them give up on him in year two. I mean, they fought to draft him, and the thing is, I would argue that Canales was hired because they want him to shepherd him that that's what they want him to do they he just got the best year of his career out of baker and so they're like oh well come work wonders for this guy here he could use some shepherding here the problem is carolina doesn't have the receiving core that tampa bay does you know the the bucks have dudes yeah you got Thielen and a couple of fast dudes and that's about it and Thielen's 105 years old the thing is uh, i mean he must have that would have come up obviously before he takes the job is like, what is the resolution here with Bryce? And, and they might say that, yeah, well, we've got Geno Smith and Baker for you, for, you know, references. We think you could turn this kid around or they might pull, you know, an Arizona Cardinals and say, Rosen isn't going to work. They might just be like, all right, do what you want to do, Dave. We, we trust you. And, and if you think this kid can't play, this kid can't play. It's tough when you're a fan of a team who drafts a kid and you know, where they did and you get about 12 games of the season and you're going, I don't see anything. Like, I don't have anything that I can hang my hat on. Like, there's not a moment. Not once this year did I turn and say, this kid can play a little bit. Not one time. That's got to be hurtful. Hour number two forthcoming.